Welcome to the My Buddy Green podcast. I'm Jason Wachab, founder and co-CEO of My Buddy Green, and your host. Dr. Ashley Jordan Ferreira is our Director of Scientific Affairs here at My Buddy Green. Ashley received her BA in Biological Basis of Behavior from the University of Pennsylvania and PhD in Foods and Nutrition from the University of Georgia. Her research contributions span weight management, bone health, and vitamin D. She's a nutrition scientist and registered dietitian with experience in nutrition product development, medical affairs, and communications. She has a passion for the translation of evidence-based science into products and information that help people lead healthier lives, which I share and we share here at MBG. It's an honor to work with her daily at Mind Buddy Green, and I am so excited to finally have her on the show today to talk about all things related to our immune system and our new Immune Support Plus product. Ashley, welcome. So good to see you. Thanks for having me, Jason. It's great to be here. So we're going to have a conversation today about something you and I talk about daily <laughs> here at My Buddy Green, and that's our immune system. I'm going to start with a big question, immune health, immune system. I think pre-COVID, so many of us only focused on our immune health, our immune support, our immune system, our immune resilience, all the phrases we use here. Only when we got sick or during allergy season or when we were about to travel. But I think, or at least I hope, with COVID and coming out of COVID, I think there's now a focus on building our everyday immune resilience. And so... In your opinion, why is it so critical that supporting our immune system, building our immune resilience is a daily practice and not just something we do when we start to not feel so good? Yeah, that's a great question. It's been top of mind for me and most of the world the past year with this um, unexpected and really horrible pandemic. I was thinking of an analogy of like, a pop quiz. Nobody liked a pop quiz in in school. And the pandemic was like a pop quiz on our immune health, our immune competence, our immune resilience, like a report card. And we, we were taken a little off guard by this pop quiz. The other week when the gas pipeline, we had that hacking incident and people were trying to fill up their tanks. We were trying to do that last year, a lot of us. Our tanks were not full in the sense of all hands on deck for our immune system. We were trying to go in kind of bolus doses, fill up the tank, and the lines were too long or the gas had run out. And so I'll finish that analogy and say it was kind of a perfect storm, this pandemic. When I say we were trying to fill up the tank, I mean... Our nation has 70% of individuals who are overweight or obese. We have the third largest number, highest prevalence of diabetes in the world after China and India. These characteristics pervade our not just our adult population, but down to very young children. We have a chronic low-grade state of inflammation because of these things I just described, and we have social and racial inequities that are very complex and challenging that are are woven into that fabric of our nation. So it was an unfortunate, perfect storm. I, as a dietitian, I have a 
PhD in nutrition and I'm a registered dietitian, I always think of it from the nutrition and dietary pattern array, but it's holistically the health of our nation was just this virus poked holes where we had holes um, exposed. And I think that I was thinking about my great grandfather. Uh, He passed away in the 1918 flu, this Spanish flu, when my grandfather was in my great grandmother's womb, one of nine kids. And so he passed. And I think it was a third of the world was infected by that Spanish flu. And a hundred years passed and we kind of forgot about that. And in fact, they were probably in a better health, maybe not as nourished as we are now, but better health metabolic inflammation wise than we are now. So I think that there have been some valuable lessons and I always want to come at this sensitively. I have friends who've been infected and friends who have lost loved ones in this awful pandemic. So I'm not saying, you know, this was a formidable pathogen, complex virus that we were learning in real time. And so I don't want to condense it down and say it's vitamin D, but we will talk about vitamin D. <laughs> and so, you know, where we are today, we're recording this in, in mid-May 2021, and, and things are looking up and we're coming out of this. And so coming out of this, there's been a lot of masking, although masks are coming off, there's been a lot of sanitizing. And I'm curious in terms of our immune system and building immune resilience, you read a lot about building strength and being exposed to, to things, pathogens, what, what have you. And what happens when we don't see germs in, in over a year because of all the masking and sanitizing and social distancing and the excessive hand wash? You, you get it. Yeah. So what happens? Well, I guess we're about to find out because <laughs> I, I live in Charleston, South Carolina. And if you look at the vaccination rates, you know, you're up in New York. New York is doing better. Y'all are in the top 10 of vaccination rates than uh, South Carolina. In fact, since I'm in South Carolina and I'm born and raised in the South, I will use this as a PSA. The bottom 20 of vaccination states that are vaccinated are mostly in the Southeast is in that category. And the overweight, obesity, metabolic health, diabetes epidemics are disproportionately affected in those states. So I think that the vaccination is a phenomenal innovation and the speed of those clinicals is just really something. And But with 36% of the U.S. population fully vaccinated and the CDC's updated guidance last week, we're in a bit of an honor system here with either wearing or not wearing our masks. So I don't pretend to be an immunologist, but I think that to answer your question, if we go back out and again, our immune system doesn't have the daily tools that it needs to be robust, that it'll be primed. It won't be ready for these offenders in whatever form they may be. It could be your state has a hefty amount of pollen from the trees this season or a, a new flu or a new a new bug. So I think that hopefully we learned hand washing was important. I, I'll just say a quick aside. I was reading in medieval times, hand washing before and after meals was a ritual that everyone um, participated in because they ate with their hands. And then the fork came in the 1700s. So 
I think that the fork really, uh, I blame the fork. We forgot how important hand washing was. And then the fork allowed us to get food into our mouths more effectively too. So I think that, I don't know exactly what that'll look like. I would say, let's keep hand washing and let's be charitable and respectful to those who are still high risk. And um, the the less vaccinated we are as a country, the more potential for variants de- uh, uh, that to, to blossom. And you, you talked about pollen and this isn't just about COVID. This is about the common cold. This is about the flu. This is about allergy season. Yeah. This is just about COVID. Hopefully I'm the fingers crossed will be something in the rear view Mira, but who knows? I'm an optimist. And I think so much of the conversation and what we believe in, and if you really break down wellness and the world of well-being, what we believe in at Mind Buddy Green is being immune strong, is building your immune resilience. And so how do we, you talked about washing hands, how do we set up our immune system for success? Because as we mentioned, this isn't, we, we don't want to be reactive to, to building immune resilience is, should be part of our, our daily ritual. And so what are the things we can focus on on a daily basis, whether it's eating, I go to our pillars, you know, eating, moving, sleeping, breathing, et cetera. What are those things that we should all be focused on daily? If we just want to be, you know, if we want to have a strong, resilient immune system that's ready for anything. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. I was thinking about these holistic approaches and we're all cognizant of immunity. So it's a great opportunity as a nation for us to come together and be on board. But so we talked about washing hands. We're not going to forget that. I want to talk about an immune nutrition a bit. So what a dietary pattern might look like that is immune centric. I'll touch on some high points. So think of color. I know you had Deanna Minnick on the podcast recently. The the color of the rainbow in your fruits and vegetables and whole grains and legumes, the more colorful and less less white, (laughs) unless it's cauliflower, your plate is the better. Another principle to follow is healthy fats and oils. And the more omega-3s, the better. We don't think of omega-3s like we do vitamin D as a nutrient gap. Just because omega-3s don't have a recommended dietary allowance, they are absolutely a nutrient. And it's a major gap. Over 95% of Americans do not get two servings of oily fish that are high in EPA and DHA, these wonderful omega-3s that are anti-inflammatory naturally in the body. Anti-inflammatory is important uh, immune mechanism. And so healthy fats, I wanted to talk about protein. First off, adequate protein and then high quality protein. When you think about immunity, you might think of vitamin C, D, and zinc, but back up to the macros. Without protein, you don't have your macro base to support the immune system to make all those peptide things that are made of amino acids and peptides like all of our white blood cells. So, and and whenever possible, grass-fed, pasture-raised, cleaner options, if your budget allows. When you think of, this doesn't, this, what I'm describing here could be vegetarian, Mediterranean, flexitarian, even a plant-based keto, if you're smart about it, but plant-heavy should pervade all of those patterns. And the reason why plant-heavy is going to mean antioxidant heavy. And when it comes to your immune system, any nutrients 
or foods that have nutrients or bioactives in them that help combat oxidative damage. Your immune cells imagine they're fighting for you. And in that fighting, they are creating a lot of free radical damage and kind of a mess. Well, we need antioxidants to come up and clean it up so the front line can continue to do their hard work. So an antioxidant, plant-heavy, colorful diet is going to be antioxidant laden. And in terms of the, back to the metabolic health, diabetes problem, we just need to be more cognizant of our carbs. So slower carbs. And this takes us back to fruits and vegetables, legumes and whole grains, nuts and seeds. So the standard American diet, we used to joke in schooling in, in our training as dietitians, the acronym is SAD. That's perfect. It, it is quite sad. And the consequences have been sad for our nation. But, you know, do the opposite of it. The SAD is high carb, high sugar, high refined, high processed, low plants high calories. So flip that on its head. And we have an immune uh, nutrition approach. When I think of immune nutrition, I'm thinking of filling gaps. A phrase I like to say is mind the gap. The gaps are there. We'll talk about that in a bit if I get to dive into vitamin C, D, and zinc. But an immune nutrition diet not only fills gaps, it's targeting things like oxidative stress, inflammation, and supporting your gut, uh, specifically through prebiotic and probiotic mechanisms. So before we go to CD and zinc, I'll stay on nutrition for a moment. What are some of the biggest immune nutrition myths that you see on the internet that just drive you nuts? Well, I think most of the myths I see have to do with vitamin D recently because vitamin D has come back to the forefront with the pandemic. I had friends reach out to me oh, did you see this study, cross-sectional study? Vitamin D deficiency was higher in the COVID patients than the controls. And I wasn't surprised at all. I'm glad that the pandemic brought micronutrients like C, D, and Z back to the forefront, but they're kind of old school and in a great way, they're established. We know they're essential and critical for the immune system. But with vitamin D, I would then see in the same health coverage in the media so we're all deficient in vitamin D, which is true. 92.5% of Americans don't even get 400 IUs a day of vitamin D in our diet, 400. We actually need a minimum of two to 3,000 IUs. And the article would then continue and say, so eat those vitamin D rich foods and off you go. That's a myth. That's a huge myth that I'd like to bust. I've busted it in articles on Mind Body Green, but Telling someone to meet their vitamin D need through foods is like giving you a quart of paint to go repaint your entire house. Like it's just not. <laughs> and I you would know. So I have to call out you. You did your doctoral research on vitamin D, so you're like the person on vitamin <laughs> D. Right. So we can really nerd out and say, "What's your favorite micronutrient?" And mine's vitamin D three. So yeah, I, I was very blessed at the University of Georgia. My doctoral advisor, Dr. Richard Lewis, he just retired. And uh, Dr. Lewis, he got this NIH million plus grant and it was the GAPI trial at Stanford, Georgia, Purdue and Indiana School of Medicine. The GAPI vitamin D trial was the largest pediatric vitamin D trial. I think it still is to date. 
It was in children, boys and girls in Georgia and in Indiana. So we had two latitudes, two genders, African-Americans and Caucasians, two races. And this was a randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled, the most robust design. Zero, 400 IU, 1,000, 2,000, and 4,000 IU. We had five arms. So it was a great time to be doing my PhD work at Georgia. And uh, that's where I learned everything and got really passionate about vitamin D. And I didn't learn everything. Vitamin D is so hot. There's still so many new publications every week, but it's where I learned a lot of the mechanics of knowing the science behind how much you actually do need and where you can get it and where you can't. So very thorough on vitamin D. We're going old school. You also mentioned C and zinc. So can you talk about those old school nutrients that made a little bit of a, or a lot, a big comeback this year? Yeah. So vitamin C is an essential water soluble vitamin. And when you think of uh, the gaps, so I mentioned vitamin D, 93% are not eating enough in our diet. It turns out 35% of US adults are not eating the recommended amount of vitamin C. So that's over 100 million Americans. And so vitamin C is this powerhouse antioxidant. It's not only combating the oxidative stress and coming in and supporting the, quote, front lines of your immune cells, but we also know it's involved in the normal development, so the creation, and then the functioning of those immune cells across the innate and adaptive immune system. So we have in our body two complex mechanisms, but innate is our first line defense from pathogens and adaptive is the one that learns as it goes to learn these bad guys and have a built-in memory to respond the next time they come. So vitamin C and actually zinc, I can say similarly, antioxidant functions and for at least five or six unique immune cells across innate and adaptive Without their presence, your immune cells will not be able to develop normally or function normally. And so if you can imagine as a, as a country, we're not eating enough fruits and vegetables. Uh, zinc is highly concentrated in a variety of seafoods. And the plant sources of zinc are often, well, they are less bioavailable than the protein sources because there are these things called anti-nutrients that can bind the minerals and they're less available to your gut. So from those mechanisms, it's supporting the immune function at its boots on the ground level, both of uh, C and the trace mineral zinc. Zinc, I will mention 15%. So we're doing a little better there, but 15% of Americans are not getting adequate zinc in our diet. So that's, we're still talking 50 million folks. Wow. So another one that has made a bit of a, a comeback, which you and I have uh, discussed numerous times, elderberry. So elderberry, you know, need to hire their PR person, the, the, the <laughs> PR person for, the, for this uh, plant. Elderberry, I like to see when science grows, but elderberry has just got a good reputation and people have run with it. Now, here's where I'm a little more liberal. Elderberry won't hurt you. It just collectively for humans doesn't have the strongest set of evidence 
There was even a review in as recently as this year, 2021. And the bottom line is the results are pretty mixed. It may maybe help reduce duration and severity of cold and flu, but it's very mixed, lower quality studies, and but it, it won't hurt you. So I, I don't want to slam a plant and I don't like to insert adjectives to inanimate plants or, or vegetables. <laughs> understood. Understood. So science is mixed, but not there yet. So more, more come, yeah. So where, where is the, the science strong? So when I was talking about the immune nutrition approach and we we're talking about the diet, just as important would be the targeted nutrients or bioactives. So in minding the gap, we talked about C, D, and zinc. And then other targeted bioactives. So I would, whenever someone asks me, I'm not feeling well, or my friend's not feeling well, what would you have them take? And again, that's a reactive in the moment kind of response. We're trying to flip that on its head and say, this is a daily practice so that we're bolstering our natural defenses. But in a reactive response, I always make sure they're on a high quality multivitamin because talk about gap filling, that's a strategic way to do it because CD and zinc are not the only immune critical nutrients. In fact, selenium, iron, copper, folic acid, vitamin A and E and B6 are also involved in the immune response. So if I name that out to my friend, that would be overwhelming, but pointing them to a high quality multivitamin. Then I think sometimes, so if you're in the, if you're ill, if I'm not feeling well, I'll tell you what I do. I, I do end up doing bolus, and when I say bolus, high dose of CD and zinc, and then I will bolus high dose my omega-3. So those are things that I take on a daily basis. The zinc I get through my multivitamin, but now it's we'll, we'll get to that. But I, so I would bolus those and then... But on a daily basis, I'm still making sure that those nutrients are part of my regimen. So omega-3s, EPA and DHA, even though I am cognizant of getting oily, fatty, healthy fish in my diet, I like the peace of mind that I'm getting EPA and DHA. I take 500 milligrams of EPA, DHA a day. That's equivalent to two servings of fish a week. You could certainly do a gram or a, two grams. That's depending on your personal situation. In terms of anti-inflammatory turmeric, so turmeric root, the cur curcumin being the kind of most valuable player there in that botanical. Other antioxidant powerhouses that come to mind we are quercetin, glutathione, resveratrol. And I also think of a probiotic, a good daily base probiotic to support your gut health, because we now know 70% of your immune system resides in your gut. And in fact, in terms of uh, a mechanism to combat inflammation in the body, a healthy gut is a great place to start. And then some novel immune bioactives would include things like beta-glucan, that has more evidence than I'll list a few that you might see out there. So certain mushrooms, andrographis, astralagus, echinacea, and garlic, and tea catechins. So none of those will hurt you, 
but they have less evidence that last set starting with the mushrooms than the earlier list I shared. So you're hitting on a lot of the ingredients in our immune support plus formula, which we're going to dive into. But before we go there, how does one know if our immune system is strong besides getting sick? Are there any tests that can help give us insight? Right. So I was thinking about this and initially I just thought of the CBC, the complete blood count that includes all the white blood cells you might think of, the neutrophils, lymphocytes, basophils, et cetera. We know, for instance, neutrophils increase when you have an infection. Interestingly, lymphocytes normally increase when you have a recent viral infection, but COVID so flipped our expectations on their head that low lymphocytes were seen in COVID because they were basically just overworking. Remember that cytokine storm syndrome we heard about? The white blood cells were so overworking, overfiring, trying to attack the, the bad guys that attacked, didn't differentiate from good cells to regular body cells. And uh, so we got low lymphocytes there. So a complete blood count, CBC, would for sure be step number one, baseline, to see if there's any dysfunction with any of your major classes of immune cells. And then I think of, we've talked about metabolic health and inflammation. These mechanisms go hand in hand with immunity. So in terms of metabolic health, this isn't a lab, but waist circumference is a highly sensitive measure of abdominal adiposity and metabolic health. Uh, so is blood pressure. But then if we think about things you give your blood for, fasting glucose, we wanna keep that under 100. If we go lower than that, even better. Uh, hemoglobin A1C, we want that less than 5.7%. And then you think of the triglyceride, the lipid panel, and in the inflammation realm, things like C-reactive protein. In my readings of COVID, they had these unique labs that signaled this inflammation storm, serum ferritin and D-dimer, for instance. And so thankfully, they had these markers that they were able to recognize this is what's happening. Unfortunately, there were less tools in real time to, to help squash that storm. But so we talked about metabolic health and inflammation markers, and then the immune cells, those classes. But then I'd like to add in their nutrition status. So 25-hydroxy-D is the status biomarker for your vitamin D status. I will say sometimes if you have a great partner in healthcare, they'll be happy to add that to your lab tests. I've been fortunate to have partners like that in my health. I don't get it measured as regularly anymore because I'm just on a 5,000 IU D3 daily regimen. And it's so it's always between 50 and 60 nanograms per mil for me. So I know it's in a good healthy range. But if you don't know your baseline, I encourage you to get a 25 hydroxy serum 25 hydroxy vitamin D test and less commonly tested but possible would be vitamin C level. So that's a plasma level of ascorbic acid and then zinc, which is a serum test. So taken together, I think that would give a stellar picture of immune health and some levers that you could pull to improve your immune status. Yeah. And, you know, as I think through all the, the markers, 
these are essentially markers for overall health and well-being. And as we think about immune resilience, being immune strong, it's synonymous with being healthy. These are, it's the same thing. Right. And it's the same, they're very, they're proactive health measures that we're talking about. And I have two others to, to mention. So I'm the device nerd. I've got my Aura, my Fitbit and my Whoop. Right. And in terms of anything respiratory, I'm able to track respiratory rate. And that's off, often a precursor to something coming on. And that will start to really ramp. And also heart rate variability is also an indicator, fatigue, maybe something's coming on. And so those are a couple other things that that people can look at. And we have so many tools at our disposal. And I, I look at that they're all there you know, to, to learn and to gain insights and change things up if you need to. Do you have actionable insights? And I think that's an exciting time to be. Yeah, I think that's very empowering and can be individualized. The concept of personalized immunity, we're not there quite yet, but maybe some of us are depending on our healthcare partners, but I, I hope that's in the future for all of us. I, I hope so too. We're not there yet, but I'll segue to our immune support plus formula, which we don't have. Great. We don't have a personalized formula because we're just the, the science isn't there yet. But we really did our best to c combine the, the the best of what science had to offer. And so let's we'll start from the top and and talk about. You mentioned quercetin and specifically quercetin phytosome, which to me is one of the most exciting new innovative ingredients out there. So. What is quercetin, specifically quercetin phytosome, and why is it so great in your professional opinion? So quercetin, it is a plant compound, a phytochemical. And while it's found in certain foods, not at the level that we're concentrating and including here for you in your immune support. And immune support plus is the product name and that you could get this daily. So this potent antioxidant, turns out it has antiviral and anti-inflammatory actions in the body. It's a bioflavonoid is the class of phytochemical. And on its own, it's poorly absorbed and not bioavailable. So the phytosome, which phyto meaning plant, just means it's a plant liposome. Well, what's a liposome? A liposome is really a bioavailability technology or tool to help chauffeur, if you will, an active, in this case, quercetin, into the body via the gut and into your cells to be used because it increases its solubility. The In our product, our quercetin phytosome, you have to have a phosphatidylcholine source. Ours is from sunflower. And what, what that is, is a, it provides a phospholipid. So you have a hydrophilic head in the phosphate, hydrophobic tails in the fatty acids. We will all learn this in middle or high school. You have this cell membrane bilayer. So those heads are on the outside, the tails are on the, in the inside. Think of a micelle. It enrobes the uh, quercetin molecule, ushering it, chauffeuring it in to the gut for ease of absorption. And that is is how we're ensuring that you're getting this potent powerhouse antioxidant and it's helping to bolster your antioxidant defenses on a daily basis 
And so I, I, I love quercetin, specifically quercetin phytosome. Again, I, it's one of the most exciting new ingredients out there with regards to building immune strength. And I'll segue. And so that, that's our lead, if you will. We've got two leads that, that I think are pretty innovative. And the other one is beta-glucan, specifically the, the Wellmune branded beta-glucan. So again, can you explain what is it and why do we think it's so special? Right. Well, Beta-glucans, interestingly, like quercetin, they're also a type of phytochemical, but to get more specific, they are actually a bioactive fiber. They are found in the cell walls of plants, quite a few, yeasts, bacteria, fungi, and even uh, certain mushrooms. That's one of the reasons you'll see mushrooms in some immune formulas, it's the beta-glucans in them. I learned about beta-glucans in school because they're heavily concentrated in oats, and barley. And so you learn about beta-glucan in the three, three gram plus amount can improve your heart health by lowering lipids, can improve your glucose and hemoglobin A1C. So that's at, again, three gram plus amount for an immune support amount, which is backed by clinicals in humans. We have a proprietary, Wellmune has a proprietary process in which they extract pure beta-glucans from baker's yeast, the technical term Saccharomyces cerevisiae. And this is naturally gluten-free, so you don't have to worry about that. And this is, again, a pure concentrated delivery form of beta-glucans. And the research for beta-glucans and immune strength is on the rise, so much so that a compelling 2020 state-of-the-art review was uh, written up. And in that review, they talk about how beta-glucans are supporting the immune system in a really multifunctional way. So antioxidant, we keep hearing that. Immunomodulation, well, what does that mean? They believe that beta-glucans are training and strengthening our innate defense functions. So those immune cells Training sounds good to, to be ready for the next pop quiz to me. So, and it's also helping to balance and even strengthen our immune system response. So coming at it from various angles, really, to give us these two plant bioactives, quercetin and beta-glucan. I think of them, it's a pyramid. <laughs> we have them on the top and then supported by CD and zinc. So old school meets new school, five in one, one serving a day in vegetarian capsules. And this is GMO-free, gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, super convenient. Now I don't have to tell my friends when they ask me, <laughs> I don't have to give them five products. Now it's one. And so I love that. And so we're talking about the capsule. So I have to ask you about the duck feathers. <laughs> Can, can we talk about the duck feathers for a moment? Can you explain yeah. to people? Like, what are you talk, can we talk about the duck feathers for a second? Yeah. Well, so my background after my grad school was a product formulation. I've worked for many dietary supplement brands and, and I love it. Translating science into products that help people. And so in formulating this product, we don't just care about those hero ingredients we talked about, but What's in that under the supplement facts panel, guys, always look and see there's something called other ingredients. What are those things? Well, 
at Mind Body Green, we care about each and every one of those other ingredients. So the one of our excipients or other ingredients is L-leucine. Well, that's it's an amino acid and it helps with the flow of the C, D, zinc, beta-glucan and quercetin, the flow to get it into the capsule and keep it there. Well, I just thought, let's make sure that this formula is uh, gonna be plant-based and as clean as possible. And it turns out L-leucine, the most common source is duck feathers. And even I learned human hair at times. And while I, I like ducks, they're friendly creatures. I didn't, I didn't want them in our formula. So it turns out there's a vegan L-leucine source through fermentation of plants. So that's where the ducks came in and out. <laughs> and out. And I, I love that. I remember when we were working on the formula together, we were talking about that. I was like, what? Wait, are you serious? People do that? And you didn't even know to, we, we wouldn't even have known to ask. So there you go, guys. For all of our listeners, we, we do not have any duck feathers. It's like, a, I guess it's a, it's a little bit of a hidden secret in a lot of supplement companies that they use that. But at any rate, moving on from the duck feathers. So we spent a lot of time on C. We talked about D3. Can we spend a moment about our zinc, zinc bisglycinate, and talk about bisglycinate and why that's so powerful? Yeah, I'd love to. So in minerals across the board, you won't just see zinc, magnesium, calcium, right? They're always, it's a complex. So sometimes you'll see it in a salt form or like oxides, carbonates, gluconates. What do these things mean? Well, they're a complex to deliver this mineral to your body. It turns out that you can also bind amino acids to minerals, and then that's considered a chelation technology or a chelate. So we're very interested in using the most gentle and bioavailable formats of minerals in our formula at Mind Body Green. And we, in this formula, went with the premium zinc bisglycinate chelate offered by Albion, and they have studies that show so zinc oxide, just for all you listeners, is going to be the lowest bioavailability. It's not that you don't get any, it's just lowest, and that's why it's cheaper. But in a clinical trial, zinc bisglycinate chelate was 43% absorbed 43% more than zinc gluconate. And zinc gluconate is considered a, a good option. So that shows the superiority. And because of this chelate with an amino acid, it's making a mineral into an organic complex, which is much gentler for your stomach. So I'm the type of person that I can't take, if a mineral isn't a chelate, like I will get stomach upset, especially if it's delivered in a large amount. So that's very real for me and I think many people. So zinc bisglycinate and it's ensuring, again, the bioavailability, but also we don't want to upset your tummy. Yeah, for me personally, if I have a bisglycinate option on anything, I do it. As you know, magnesium bisglycinates in our sleep support formula. So there you have it, folks, that this is our immune support plus formula. We've got quercetin and phytosome, wellmune beta-glucan, talked about vitamin C, vitamin D3, and zinc bisglycinate. I've personally been taking this formula for about a year, our magical five-in-one combo, if you will, and... Look, for most of my life, I've had 
seasonal immune support needs that occur every fall and spring like clockwork. And this past fall and past spring, I've experienced optimized sinus and respiratory health and comfort. I, I, I feel strong. My immune system, I think, is finally functioning at its peak. So I am so thrilled to, to bring you guys this product. It's been a while in the making. And yeah, I'm just thrilled. And Ashley, it's been, well, what, what do you love about, you know what I love about it, but what, what do you love about this, our special five-in-one formula? Yeah, I mean, I love the old school meets new school, the CD zinc. I'd be sad if those were not in there. And as a dietitian, the nutrient gaps, as you've heard me saying on the podcast, they're there, let's mine them. And we did in this formula. And then we have the cutting edge plant bioactives that people may or may not know that could help them on the daily. And so uh, when I think about the immune system, it's, it's quite elegant, but complex, but now daily immune nutrition support doesn't have to be. So we'll, we just one, one less thing for everyone to worry about. <laughs> Amen. Well, Ashley, thank you so much. Thank you. 